This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Take Kelly and Ramya with you on the go. You can stream AMI-audio on your desktop or mobile devices. Find us on TuneIn Radio, OOTunes, and as a preset on your Victor Reader stream. Or head to AMI.ca slash listen live for our live feed. As we guide you through the show, I always think on a Friday, we're setting you up for that weekend, not only just swinging open the gateway to the weekend, but giving you some ideas, whether it's working in your garden or settling back with an audio book. So many cool things right here on the program. And to finish it off, we want to remind you of some segments you may want to go back and check out via the podcast. Subscribe using your favorite podcast platform. Every week, we reflect on the conversations that we've uh, taken part in over the past week. We may have some items that we want to add to those, a thought that came to us at the time, but... We didn't have that time to add our viewpoints or feelings about it or start a little conversation with the others assembled. So, Ramya, she's back here. She's at the studio in Toronto. And Beth Deer joining us. And uh, she is out in Edmonton. Got the home studio there and joining us. Quote, home studio, unquote. Beth, I'm going to step aside here, let Ramya jump in here and take us into our first discussion point. And we are consciously calling you Beth now. Because we 100%. Were just... I made that very clear <laughs> very. this week. <laughs> yes. No more Bethany, okay? No more. No. Unless she's in trouble. You sound like an old lady. That's right. <laughs> or when your mom calls you. Okay. All uh, right. All the Bethany's out there, don't be offended. Don't. No. <laughs> Your name is beautiful. It's fine. Yeah, we like it. Okay. You know, Bethany's are great. They're great names. We're going back to Tuesday, uh, and I'm going to start off with the nutrition conversation we had with Julia Caranches. She talked about hot cereals, so here she is telling us about some healthy options. Yeah, so oatmeal's on the list for sure. So many things that you can do with oats, you know, especially if you buy two-minute oats, you can cook them really fast in a little pot or even microwave them mm-hmm. if you don't want to be standing by, you know, your stove or a cooktop. But there are lots of other options as well. So, yes, there's cream of wheat, which I heard you mentioning before. Um, there's also cream of rice, which is delicious. You can also use grains called farro millet and quinoa too um i also came across brown rice listed as an option which i found really interesting because it would be such a great way to use leftover rice which i love because i love anything that promotes using using food and not wasting food so i thought the brown rice thing was really interesting Okay, so cool that here in North America, we kind of prioritize breakfast foods as their own thing. We say, like, you know, oatmeal for breakfast, cereal for breakfast, hot foods, cold foods, whatever. But um, when I brought up kanji on Tuesday, that's a kind of savory version of um, what I compare to oatmeal, and it's made of rice or other grains. Millet is also another option. But anyway, kanji is this savory dish that's like a halfway between a porridge and a soup, uh, the consistency, and it's meant to be eaten around breakfast, and this is quite well known in, um, like, Eastern Asia, South Asia, etc. Different forms of it, but very similar mm, ideas of the cuisine. But what I wanted to bring up today was the fact that breakfast itself 
when I'm growing, when I was growing up, and a lot of people can attest to this in South Asia as well, breakfast itself is more of a what can you do with leftovers meal, right? So you know the way that you think about street food um, in a lot of different countries around the world, street foods are really just toss-ups of leftovers, toss-up of this, that, and the other. Oh, we can't we refrigerate, we can't warm it up, we got to do something with it within the 24 hours. So you come up with a way to make another dish out of this, and you call it street food, Sri Lankan street food, Indian street food, Chinese street food. And so um, breakfasts, like the kanji that I mentioned, is another way of doing this. You, you have leftover rice, you don't know how to preserve it. It's not really an option for many people out there in the communities. And so you make kanji. You warm it up with a bunch of milk. You add in spices and flavors and seasonings. And now you have breakfast. You need to eat it for breakfast because it can't last a whole other, you know, eight hours past that. And it becomes its own dish. So I thought that was really interesting. Same thing with... Um, bread, you know, like bread pudding and all these other things. We have versions of that in Sri Lanka as well. And I thought that was interesting because, you know, this phenomenon of breakfast here is very much its own category. You set aside the time, you have these particular kinds of food for breakfast, and they are advertised and promoted as such, and you spend money on it and it's marketed that way. But a lot of my habits, lifestyle, and just awareness of breakfast growing up in my family and in the community was very, very different. Beth, do you, are you a fan of breakfast? Do you eat breakfast? And do you have anything to say on the things that I've just said? You know what? Not a big breakfast person. Growing up, my mom, my mom has type 1 diabetes. So like she's always been like hardcore, like has to eat three meals a day. She injects insulin four times a day. So growing up, always had breakfast but the second I moved out still not a big breakfast person I just I just can't get behind it like I wake up in the morning I feel groggy I don't really want to eat um and when it comes to like porridge and stuff like that Cody's granddad always used to make really good porridge and that was like the only time I would ever eat porridge and now like our daughter Henley actually really likes it so if it's there, like I hate food going to waste. So if I make too much, I'll eat whatever she isn't eating. But other than that, that's my like, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> I'm done. I'm really intrigued about kanji though. Like it sounds quite good. Like I, like I say, I don't like food going to waste. So I love the idea of like making sure that doesn't happen by using leftover rice for mm. breakfast. I think that's really cool. I find it very interesting because of the different viewpoints. Can you know in North America, many places around the world, Europe, breakfast is that starter of the day, and and that was the way they marketed it to tell you, hey, you know, you want to have a day, you want to be all you know ready to go with it, have the energy to do so. So we'll just pour a bunch of sugar on different types of things like rice and so on, and go ahead and eat that puff wheat. Um, so that was the way they marketed and sold that. But other things, Remy, like you said. In the morning, the rice. Well, yeah, those are things here that won't last until dinner time. Mm -hmm. We love we promote leftovers in a totally different way. Lunch, dinner, what can you repurpose this food for? But we think of it far more for lunch and dinner. When Julia said that about rice the other day, that was a bit of a brain shift for me, even though I certainly know tons of your cereal, rice. 
Krispies, yep. yeah, for example. Too. I never think about it the way of rice from yesterday or whatever. I think of leftover rice. Oh, make a bread or a rice pudding out of it or something, or just reheat it at dinner or lunch tomorrow. And even lunch is not a dinner thing. I, I find it fascinating how we are as human beings where we think. On Wednesday, folks, as we switch over to there, Corinne Van Dusen joined us for our entertainment report. And this week we spoke about Much Music's archives and programming that is being revised. Here she is telling us a little more about it. Well, I don't know if you are familiar with the old Much Music that used to play videos and interviews and such. Mm -hmm. It kind of went the way of you know MTV in the States, which plays just like reality TV now. But there is a plethora of stuff that Much Music used to play. It's going to be interviews with uh, international and Canadian musicians, as well as special events broadcasts. Um, so there's a quote from someone who says, basically, any interview with any artist you can imagine, they're, they're going to have because oh. they talk to everyone. Um, so Bell said when they began the project, they had to decide actually what to preserve. So they went through their huge list of absolutely everything. Uh, there were interviews, of course, Memorable programs such as media literacy talks on too much for much, which was a late night show where panels would discuss videos that were considered too much to show. Okay. So when I heard this, I <laughs> I must admit, I get thinking about, hey, what about preserving this? What about preserving that? Why can't you do it in this digital age? And of course, we remember, oh, yeah, somebody has to take this stuff and put it into the system somehow. Uh, mainly have that time. You're paying someone to sit there and record the digital so it can be saved in real time. So how much are they going to invest in this? How come this wasn't done before? And of course, it's time. It's putting it off and saying, well, what are we going to do with this stuff? Because that warehouse is overflowing with these old tapes of all this stuff that we've recorded. Valuable stuff, but you, I think you get it in your mind, especially when you see any show celebrate a, an anniversary, any network, any local channel. You want to see stuff from, wow, that stuff from when they signed on the air years ago. Of course, it's only one clip. It's probably the only one from that year, that decade, that whatever. And anytime you celebrate the channel, that's what you would see, that one clip. Because people couldn't keep that stuff around. Everything shot every day, shows, soap operas, whatever. There's so much of that lost. And it feels now in our digital age, as you go play on YouTube or TikTok, oh, I want to see something from... 1975 that time when stuff that you know i know as a kid oh i'll never hear this again i'll never see that again it's gone and then along comes the internet so when i hear these projects it's amazing it's cool but i think about how overwhelming that would be and if you're not from the era how do you make that decision this is worth keeping oh okay it's an interview with sting oh, oh yeah we better keep that but it's an interview with you know fred sloan who the heck's this fred sloan he's a nobody oh he was a he was he was a, a big hit for four months. That's it. So what do you do with it? Um, and of course, it's as valuable as as the Sting piece. If you, this is what you're trying to do, make this stuff available for those few people out there. But there always is so much of thinking: Is it worthwhile? Who's really going to look for this? So I love when we get into this and the determinations that have to be made. But mostly because I just like to see them doing it. I, I was a much music fan just because I was a media person and I wanted to see it get launched and so on. That was about my my running of it, you know, maybe put it on and have it in the background while I was working on something. But just to see them captifying uh, these things and trying to do something with them, Ramya, I find it definitely 
interesting, very cool. But as I sat back and thought about the cost, the time mm -hmm. put into doing it, it gave me a headache. Yeah, no, it would give people a headache. It is a lot more about the nostalgic purpose than anything else, right? Like people now who didn't grow up with the much music uh, content that's being brought back, we're not going to sit around and go, oh my gosh, that's awesome. Let me go through all the archives. Unless you're a super fan of a particular band. Or you're band. looking for something and you fall yeah, yeah, yeah. over it, right? Yeah, yeah, And exactly. it's part of that research. An artist that you love or something and you want to look back to the past. But really, other than that, if it's not about the nostalgia through the technology and if it's not about the nostalgia through the actual show and much music, then what exactly would be the pull for you to spend the amount of time needed to feel like this whole effort was worth it for the the content creators and the curators beth yeah i mean i kind of agree like i think it's a really nice idea i don't know how many people are going to be super interested in it like we live in a world now where we can get you know anything we want at any time from mm -hmm. youtube or just the internet in general very nostalgic i think there's going to be elements of it that are really cool and i think people are going to look at it and be like oh wow like this is awesome but i think it's going to wear off quite quick you know yeah yeah yep. so sticking with the theme of wednesday on wednesday we had a registered nurse leslie depoe join us and she talks about mental health awareness and you know comparing yourself to other people and in this clip now she's going to talk about improving your mental health by unfollowing people on social media and so my first question to or my first answer really to how do we get away from this unfollow people unfollow anybody that doesn't make you feel good about yourself and i know that sounds like the most obvious statement in the world but my gosh it's hard you've probably collected some things that you follow along the way where you know it started after that new year's you were going to do a thousand sit-ups every day for a year but now that person's still there and every day you see them you're sort of mildly annoyed by them and you say not nice things in your head but you still follow and you still like and you still look at it again um there there are lots of those things all over the place it doesn't have to be just you know exercise there's lots of things that trigger us in that certain way and we need to we need to cut it off it's not necessary we need to start being very mindful about what it means when we are scrolling mindlessly on social medias and if when you get that pang in your stomach when you slip into the oh gosh i wish that was me oh look at them see this is why i knew i was bad at this this is why i'm not good enough for that immediately immediately unfollow 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 yeah, I could not agree more with everything that Leslie said on Wednesday. Um, I think it's just so difficult, especially when you are a person with a disability, to not sit back and just be like, oh, look at what they have that I don't have. And, you know, majority of our world is sighted people and it's kind of hard to like, at times, like if I'm ever feeling down about my sight, it's really hard to not just, you know, I can't unfollow all my sighted friends, <laughs> but I think that she gave so many amazing points. And I just wanted to touch on something that at times when I've been feeling really down or, you know, not worthy, I have started to do something where I kind of like prepare myself to be better. And it sounds dumb, but like, I'll pick like three things that I can do to like make myself better tomorrow or to like make my life easier tomorrow. I know it sounds silly, whether it be like, I don't know, meal prepping breakfast. Mm. Cause like I said, I'm really bad at eating breakfast or I don't know. I'll like set my dog's 
dog bowls by their food so that I don't have to like walk outside and get them or I don't know like I set Henley's clothes out to get her dress first thing in the morning just like small things that just make tomorrow a little bit easier on a day where I've been feeling down I don't know how you guys feel about stuff like that but Ram I'd be interested to get your thoughts Honestly, there's so much that comes up around mental health, social media comparisons of people and their, um, I really just want to say facades of what is mm -hmm. being put out there that it, it is, it takes up so much of our headspace. It takes up so much of our capacity. And also it takes so much out of our ability to be authentic to ourselves, right? Like there's these contrasting messages of, be yourself, be your best self, be your most authentic self. But then you go out and you compare, um, not go out, you go onto your smartphones and your internet and you compare everything that's out there and who people are on these, like in our window of social media. And it's very difficult to then come back to ourself and say, okay, but I'm supposed to be who I am completely. It's just not possible. It's not possible to hold both of these things true unless more of our feeds are filled with real people, unfiltered people, yeah, and also absolutely. less of this stuff, right? Like, the thing is, we're bombarded with people's every day, and the every day is 24 hours, you know, where you are and who you're with and what you're doing all times of day. I feel like we really need less of that. We just need to see less of each other on the social media so we can encourage ourselves and others to get off. Yeah, it's really interesting because you get thinking about years gone by and the people we'd compare ourselves, hey, so-and-so on TV, my favorite actor, my they're this, they looked that way. Even the baddest person on TV, as far as we were concerned, had so much more going for them than us. But we're seeing that character. We're seeing whether it's somebody made up or the best things that they want to show when they're they're out there in public, in the public eye. We don't see when people are alone, when people are in their own world, dealing with the things they're paying their bills or whatever it might be. And I think that's the same with social media. We're, we're going to see unless somebody wants you to know about some of their struggles, wants to share, wants to talk, wants to use an outlet. We find ourselves gravitating to the, oh, they're so in shape. Oh, they're involved in stuff all the time. They're always out there. And again, everybody has that time where they don't feel the greatest, but we almost forget that's possible. But we need to just worry and be happy with ourselves. Every little thing you do, I think, is wonderful. And I think, Beth, everybody should do that, whether they are or not. I, I, I think we all know there's things we're good at. I think we all know there's those little things that we do every day to give us a step forward or to feel of accomplishment. And then there are those days where we say, eh, I did nothing today. I accomplished mm -hmm. nothing. And I hear that everywhere. Everyone says it. Mm. Ladies, thank you, of course. Have a great Catch weekend, us. everyone. Thanks, Beth. Thank Catch us next Friday for another edition of Cut for Time. We wrap up our show on Fridays at this time doing all this discussion. If you want to check out any of the segments that we've played clips from, do visit our podcast. Just uh, subscribe to the Kelly and Romeo podcast. In a moment, we'll look at what's coming up on the weekend, give you our closing moment, and wave bye-bye. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. Hi, I'm Ramya Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.